0: Hello and welcome to the sick podcast, Giants Central, the sickest New York Giants podcast on the planet, of course. I'm your host, Desmond Novak. Welcome to episode 28. Giants are coming off their third victory in a row after they took down the Packers on Monday Night Football. A sweet victory Monday. So I'm going to be breaking down that game, some of the things that happened, and kind of what the Giants can expect moving on to the rest of the season. Let's get into it. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to the The sick Sick podcast, Podcast. Giant Central, incomplete, and the ball game's over, and the Giants have won Super Bowl 46. The sickest New York Giants podcast. It's gonna be sick. Sick, 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 sick. All right, y'all. We're only four weeks away from the end of the regular season in the NFL. So we got to make every second count now. And with DraftKings Sportsbook, you can make the most out of every game day. Bet on your favorite teams for a shot at winning big bucks, as new customers can score $150 instantly in bonus bets for betting five on any matchup. So get on on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the app now and use code 6Sports because, again, new customers can score $150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just five smackaroos on the NFL only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code 6Sports. The crown is yours. Gambling, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or if you're in New York, call eight seven seven eight hope ny or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. But with that out of the way, onto the Giants. Now, like I said, winning, they've won three games in a row or up to five and eight on the season. And technically, because I guess this is just the state of the NFC, they're only one game away from the playoffs, which is really funny to think about, uh, especially considering how shit everything has been all season long. But even with them being just one game out of the playoffs, fans are not happy because of the whole tanking narrative, because they people want Caleb Williams or Drake May. And the way I'm kind of looking at it right now, the Giants can still make the playoffs at this rate and still have a pretty decent draft pick that could bring in a very, very high upside guy like Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels isn't obviously a top like a top echelon prospect like Caleb Williams, Drake May, but he has ridiculous amounts of upside. And with the way we've seen Brian table consistently turn guys like Tommy DeVito, or even you want to say Daniel Jones into good looking quarterbacks. I can only imagine what he'll do with with a guy like Jane Daniels. Um, I don't really like tanking that much, but at the same time, I completely understand the frustration from the fans that do want the team to tank because like yeah if we are mediocre again when like nine eight nine games make the playoffs how much progress are we really making if we're not upgrading at like quarterback through the draft however at the end of the day I just want to watch good football I, I want to see my team be successful regardless so I'm not really too upset but on the uh, actual game itself here we're going to start off and talk about the offense and uh, mo- more specifically Tommy DeVito And I don't know what else there is to say about this guy at this point, because like every week he he's getting better. And this is a guy where like, I was not very high on him at all. Obviously I don't think many people were. He's a UDFA at Illinois. No one really saw him playing in the NFL period, let alone starting now four games and going three and one in those games. Uh, But regardless, again, he's looked better and he's one of the best stories in the NFL right now. And, it's been really great to see. I don't know how many people saw this before the game started, but Tommy was on the sideline with his, I don't know if it's actually his agent. I think it is who like dressed up like a fucking like mob goon. And it was really funny. And I I don't know if that's what he dresses like normally, but I saw another picture of him and he dressed pretty similarly. So honestly, if that's how that guy dresses normally good for him, but as back to Tommy DeVito, played another game in which he didn't turn the ball over and he showed a ton of improvement in terms of his pocket awareness, which uh, if you watch any other episode or really any other giants content creator, that's been one of his biggest issues is surrounding the fact that he takes him too long to process plays. He's he's sitting in the pocket for too long. He's not avoiding sacks and this game. He completely that that wasn't even a problem. Like not only did he not take a lot, any sacks, but He turned a lot of plays that in like previous weeks would have been a sack and turned them into runs. And that resulted in him ending the game with 10 carries for 71 yards. Like it was a very like Daniel uh, Jones-esque yardage because it wasn't like designed runs actually. So that wouldn't really, I don't know. Regardless, regardless, Tommy DeVito looked great for the game. He completed 17 to 21 passes for 158 yards and a touchdown and really was continuing to make a lot of throws that we still haven't seen Daniel Jones make, whether it was squeezing the flea flicker pass in between two defenders to Wandell Robinson, the game winning, essentially game winning play took to, to Wandell Robinson. Again, the throw to Isaiah Hodgins in the back of the end zone. These aren't plays that like Daniel Jones, we see him make throughout a season. And Tommy DeVito did this all in one game. like, it, it, it's just it, it's ridiculous and kind of has me even more excited about potentially drafting a Jaden daniels type guy where if brian dable has tommy devito making passes like that when daniel jones can't what is he gonna have uh a monster like Jaden daniels do you know or say for maybe they trade up and get a caleb williams drake may you never know but i mentioned it before Wondell robinson incredible game and a guy who last episode I said the Giants need to give him the ball more And it looks like they might have listened to me because they finally made him a premier part of the offense he caught six passes for 79 yards ran the ball two times for 36 yards as well and prove that he can be a genuine game changer for this offense I say prove as if he hasn't proven that already but for one reason or another he hasn't been able to fully put that on display and It was really just great to see. Like I feel I feel I think the word I'm thinking of here is vindicated because I've been calling for Wandale Robinson to get the ball all season long, and he just hasn't been. And now they finally give him the targets that he should have been getting all season long, letting him even get the ball on the ground with actual good setup plays, not just fucking swing passes and shit. And it proved it works well. Saquon uh kind of struggled pretty badly to get really anything going on in the first uh, half but the moment the second half started he really turned it on he had two touchdowns for the game 20 carries 86 yards alongside that the offensive line wasn't doing him any favors of course but once the team really needed him to like step up and make those big time plays that we know he's capable of he did just that like Saquon had no issues getting those big time yards like in in crunch time which is really like what we've needed from him all season long the offensive line Looked fine. PFF was really, really low on their grades. Like I think they gave Andrew Thomas like a a grade below a seventy, which is just fucking stupid to me. But I mean, they didn't allow a sack. But at the same time, I feel like that goes back to Devito deciding to run the ball more as opposed to standing around in the pocket all day. But in the run game, they were pretty bad. Like they gave Andrew Thomas like a forty something run blocking grade, which is like. Yeah, that's okay. Like, I'm not saying that he deserves a 40, but like, it should be low because no one really did anything uh, in the trenches in terms of the run. Uh, It was a very promising game for the Giants offense. It wasn't great. They didn't put up, you know, 30 points or anything. They had, you know, moments where they struggled. But compared to where the Giants have been offensively all season long, it's very promising. And with there being four or five games left in the year, like, That's what they need. They need this momentum moving forward. And it has me very hopeful that if they're going to go for this crazy playoff push, they can keep being this productive. Speaking of production, though, unlike the offense, which hasn't been going on all season long, the defense has just continued to be incredibly dominant forced three fumbles recovering two and jason j almost said jason pinnock uh jason pinnock got, got his second interception of the season his first one came against the dolphins in week four or five the 102 yard pick six whatever and overall the giants defense did a really good job of making jordan love look really uncomfortable in the pocket which is another thing that i said they needed to do jordan love is one of those quarterbacks where he looks either very 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 good or very very bad he looked really bad this game he did have moments where he looked very good but like overall he was pretty shit um which is unfortunate because i actually really like jordan love and i was kind of hoping he'd be able to get a chance to be a full-time starter earlier than the season but i I digress uh wink really threw out some creative blitzes like had dane belton running at, at at the quarterback and stuff which is Something that Wink really has been known for, I guess, is like he doesn't. His traditional pass rushers aren't always going to eat, but it's the random guys that will. Like, I think Kayvon Thibodeau is the first edge rusher in a Wink Martindale system to have uh, ten plus sacks in a season. Meanwhile, you'll have guys like Jason Pinnock. I think has one or two sacks. Micah McFadden has a couple. It's the safeties and corners that'll that'll randomly like pick away at quarterbacks. Which lead to the high sack totals. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jordan Love, he didn't have much time to throw. And when he did, he was he missed a lot, a lot of easy throws, especially early on. Um, there were a couple of very rough plays, like Kayvon Thibodeau. He did end up having a great game, which I'll get into. But the Packers first touchdown, I believe it was a Jaden Reed end around uh play. Kayvon completely blew the play. Like it was one of those where like if he makes the read, it's a like they're losing five, seven yards. But if he doesn't make the read, it's a touchdown and it was a touchdown. But like really, aside from that, everyone on the defense looked uh, incredible. Deontay Banks uh, looks great, had 12 tackles, tackle for loss, and a, a great pass deflection on what would have been a Packers touchdown. I'm trying to remember the receiver who was guarding, but I've I've never heard of him before uh number 83 it was just a deep pass to the end zone banks kind of got beat off the initial step but recovered great and got his hand perfectly in place to swap the ball away i believe for the game he allowed just five catches on 10 targets or 40 yards and he did give up a touchdown in the end i will say that but then again it came on the packers last touchdown of the game in which wink martindale blitzed eight that's right eight players and kind of left banks on his own it was just in a very difficult. Uh, position to make a play on the ball and even then he did recover well and had a chance at getting the ball out but whatever can he's really just looked like one of the best rookies in his class whether we're talking about offense or defense and which is to be expected banks should not have fallen to 24 or 25 wherever the giants took him like he should have went when emmanuel forbes went and thank god he didn't because that means the commanders would have had banks and we'd probably have emmanuel forbes um Aziz Ojolari finally had a game in which I actually noticed him on the field had four tackles, half a sack and six pressures. He, I've, I don't remember. I think I know I mentioned it during the tier list ranking where I basically said, like, it it's not like last year where Aziz is missing, missing games, but he's making up for it because of the games he does play in, he's really productive. He is both missing games. And when he's on the field this year, he's not doing shit this year, this week. Finally, he actually, did something and it was great on the other side of the edge though was Kayvon Thibodeau once again proving that he's already one of the best edge rushers in the NFL he had eight tackles he had he was credited with, ha- with half a sack and it should have been like a full sack I- I'm really trying hard not to say like pause here um <laughs> He should have he should have a whole sack like there was no one even close to taking down Jordan Love on the play. But for some reason, I think they credited like Micah McFadden with the other half. I I digress. Uh, He also had a pass deflection and a quarterback hit on the season. Now he's up to 11 and a half should be 12 sacks, 37 pressures, 44 tackles, 12 tackles for loss in three forced fumbles. That's an easy Pro Bowl resume in just the second season. I'm sure he's going to make it because not only does he deserve it for his play. But, you know, that New York Giants fan base, they're going to get him in. Sean Robinson, shout out to him. In my tier list video, I put him in D because he just hasn't done shit this year. And he really shut me up. Had eight tackles, two pressures, a tackle for loss, and pass deflection. He's like been a fine depth piece. Nothing like close to really as good as he was last year, but finally had a good game this week. And Dexter Lawrence, speaking of like defensive tackles, played 20 snaps the entire game. 20 snaps. He had six pressures and half a sack. Like, I say it every week that Dexter Lawrence is the most dominant defensive player in the league. But to have six pressures and 20 snaps and half a sack, that's like unheard of. Like, that is just ridiculous. Uh, and before I finish up talking about the defense, I just want to bring up something because, like, I was thinking about it during the game when they got like their second or third turnover. The defense to start the season went their first like four or five weeks. It was whenever they played the Dolphins without forcing a single turnover. They now have 22 on the total season, which is tied for fifth and only two away from being first, which goes into show how the defense has really turned it up in the second half like they started off the season putting up 41 against the Cowboys then like 30 something against the i think 25 20 something against the Cardinals 30 something against the Niners 30 something against the the Dolphins and now they're just consistently shutting teams down to the point where like if the Giants make the playoffs and you know play the wild card game i could see them winning a game winning that first game off of their defense alone like, this is an elite defense. The numbers are a little skewed because of that start to the season. But if it doesn't take much film watching to see that this is an elite unit. And a lot of it does have to do with Wink Martindale. And then you have all these reports saying how him and Brian Dable were beefing. And that's going to lead to Wink getting either resigning or getting fired. And at this point, I'm almost rooting more for Wink to say than Brian Dable. This team loves Wink Martindale, and it's very apparent that they do. Like, it's very, very apparent that they like Wink Martindale a lot, and he's done so much for this defense. Like, the difference in co- defensive coaching between him and Patrick Graham is ridiculous. Graham had a very like soft zone. Don't you know? Bend, don't break. We're not. We're gonna rush our main four, which is why Leonard Williams had like twelve sacks or whatever that one year. And then Wink's like going balls to the wall. I'm gonna, ma- I'm gonna make you eat shit. You you know you're you might get a you know a deep play off us every now and then but like your quarterback is going to feel our wrath, and it's been a big difference. And I I just I cannot imagine the reaction from fans if Wink Martindale leaves up whether it's by his own choice or the team fires him. But with that game out of the way, final notes where we cut things off. People aren't going to be happy about the tanking or the lack of tanking. And it just at the end of the day, that's not what the Giants are about, whether it be for good or for bad. I'm still very like 50-50 on the whole tanking thing. I don't really care for it, but I do understand why people want to. But whether it be for good or bad, the Giants are not about tanking. Coaches never want to purposely lose games. That is how you lose a locker room. Straight up. That's how you lose a locker room. By purposely losing games. I do get the frustration again. I know Daniel Jones hasn't looked good and he's coming off a torn ACL. Tommy DeVito doesn't have what it takes to be a consistent starting quarterback. I'm sorry. He's been great, but like realistically, this reign of terror for opposing teams is going to come to an end. But the the Giants have money, trade assets, what's probably going to be a decent draft pick and all these things that can be used to maybe get a new quarterback put up something that can help protect the quarterback they currently have or at least help them out and the uncertainty of taking a guy in the mid to late first round I get it sucks but we've seen what Brian Dable can do with any quarterback put in front of him so I'm still excited to see again what he can do with the Jaden Daniels type because at the end of the day like if the Giants are past that Jaden or past the Caleb Williams Drake May race they're taking Jaden Daniels if he's available I know people are questionable on him, and I am too. Don't get me wrong, but I just don't think they, that, that there are many better uh, quarterback coaches to put for a guy like Jaden Daniels and Brian Dable. We saw what he did with Josh Allen. Not saying Jaden Daniels is going to be Josh Allen, but they're two somewhat similar. They've two somewhat similar play styles. Two quarterbacks, massive arms, great on the ground, both very, very, very questionable throwing mechanics coming into the league. So, like, I totally understand why people might not want Jane Daniels, but I can totally see Dable and Kafka developing him into a very good quarterback. Uh, but out of the way, next week, the giants play the saints, another game that's very winnable and one that could put them in the NFC wildcard spot. It obviously depends on how the other games around the league goes. So we're going to see what happens. But with that being said, I'm going to wrap this episode up here. If you enjoyed it, please remember to like comment, subscribe. Let me know your thoughts on whether or not you think the Giants should tank as the season goes on and really like, Say the Giants don't tank, let me know who like, what other quarterbacks other than Jaden Daniels you might want them to take, whether it's Michael Penix, I'm actually going to say his name right, Michael Penix Jr., God forsake, uh, Bo Nix, I don't know. Y'all let me know in the comments below. Remember to hit that notification bell so you're reminded of every time we release a new episode. Thank you all so much for watching, and I'll see y'all in the next one. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast, Giant Central, on YouTube, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.